The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Performance is not just for top athletes and actors. It's something we engage in every day of our lives. But the question is, are we performing at our best? How we think, feel, and behave all influence our results from day to day. Dr. Christie and her guests will show you the common elements behind performance and how it all ties back to our success. Welcome to The Mental Game of Life with Dr. Christy Warner. Welcome to the first show of The Mental Game of Life. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm your host, Dr. Christy Warner, and I'm so excited to be here to kick off this new pilot series with you. And uh, I want to give a big shout out and thank you to Voice America and all the people that have helped to launch the show over the last few months. And uh, here we are. So quick introduction about me. I'm a business consultant and I work in the productivity space and to help increase effectiveness and efficiency for people and processes within organizations. I'm also an adjunct business professor and support several PhD students through their research process through the dissertation. And over the years, I've worn a couple other hats. I worked as a mental counselor and a licensed sports psychologist for years before moving into the business world. And I have a little bit of background in performance. I was a national athlete in two different sports. So I know firsthand about some great performances, some almost good ones, as well as some complete flops. I've experienced what it's like to achieve wonderful goals as well as to fall short in a couple dreams. And through all of these experiences, I've learned a lot about human performance and behavior change. And I'm passionate about sharing my wisdom, my knowledge, and tips to help you succeed in your life. So about the show, I love before we dive right into the topic today, which is all around failures and successes, what makes us stronger, um, I want to spend a little time to kind of set up the show, give us a little foundation, if you will, a little roadmap, go over what uh, a typical show flow will be like and how you can connect with me between the shows. So starting off, my intention is to share knowledge, provide opportunities for insight and inspire anybody who wants to be to better understand how to be on top of their game in any area of their life by using their mind and their brain to help manifest the results that they want. Because in life, quite frankly, it is a series of paths that we can take. We have lots of hurdles to jump. We have milestones that we can, that take us from place to place, as well as strategies that guide us smoothly along these journeys. And we have strategies that completely derail us and set us back. So um, we can either move with grace or sometimes we can get stuck. We can find ourselves floundering or simply hitting the ball into the water just too many times. To boil it down, the topics on this show are going to be going to two major themes, performance in all its varieties and psychology, understanding how we think and feel and how this impacts our results. First, let me unpack what I mean by performance so that we're all on the same page. Often people think, oh, no, performance is all about having a big event, a big sports event being in a big theater production or being in front of the camera, giving a TED talk or some other big presentation at work. But actually, I wanna really expand our thinking on this. It's not just those big things, it's also the activities we engage in every single day that impact our results. 
It's the smaller actions. It's the tasks that we do. So a couple examples, just to kind of ask you some questions. How prepared were you for the last meeting you had with your boss or for a client? How effective are you in terms of processing and responding to emails each day to get results? How about driving this morning? Was it intentional or did you, uh, were you just on autopilot and somehow you got from A to B? What about your interactions with others? How present are you being? How great is your listening? All of these things actually can be considered performance. And I like to think of it as being on a spectrum. Of those everyday activities we engage in that I just talked about, all the way to those big ones, like making a huge speech in front of somebody. And if we look at the definition of performance online, we'll find that it relates to both those big performances, as well as those daily tasks. So in performance, you know, in this realm, we're talking about from here until the next three weeks or 13 weeks, it's not always about being on or it's not always being about per- being perfect either. It's about creating everyday healthy habits to get the results that we want in our life. I also believe that per- great performance depends on preparation and execution. It's all those behaviors that we accumulate to create those great results. And the interesting thing is, and the next question I have us to kind of ponder is, what exactly influences our actions every single day? Well, if we peek under that little hood, under our behaviors, we find that it's actually our thinking and our emotions that create our actions. Often it's that internal voice, those quiet little whispers of doubt. I don't deserve that promotion. I can't do this. I don't want to go to the gym. Or so it's confirmation of, of confidence. I can do this. I'm a successful musician. Those, th- those positive thinking thoughts. Because what we know is that our thinking and our emotions do drive our actions every single day. And this leads us right into the mental side of performance. You know, a lot of great athletes, and I would say even corporate athletes, people in the corporate world, spend a great deal of time preparing the physical body, the physical skills, the skills that they have in terms of the work without acknowledging either how they're working or what their mental game is. What's their game plan for how they organize their day? What's the game plan before they walk into a big meeting or a big um, sports game? So all human behavior, we can just link back to how we think and how we feel. And if we go a little deeper, we're going to go deep. So actually all of our thinking and all of the things we feel are actually influenced by our beliefs, our beliefs or mindset. Some people like the word mindset. It's those things that we actually learn from a pretty early age. And the ones that can really impact our performance are the things we learn about how we, how we think deep down about how worthy we are. Are we, do we deserve X, Y, and Z? Can we make, make it through the tough times to get to the, to the next level? So those are the, some of the things that we can pick up from when we're younger. They come from education, from parents, from cultures that we work in, the culture of the United States, the culture of our um, other countries around the world. And so sometimes we're very, very aware of how we think and feel. And sometimes it becomes so ingrained in us, those thoughts are really buried deep in the subconscious. And we end up repeating behaviors over and over again that do not lead to optimum success. Essentially, we can get trapped in our own thinking and unable to break habits, leading us to repeat those patterns and ultimately be in cycles of success or failure or somewhere in between. We just can't get to the next level. But by exploring our thinking, how our brain works, strategies to shift our mindset, we can shift our everyday behavior to unlock potential and increase success in every areas of our life. So this show... 
and how we'll be flowing, let me just give you a little a little roadmap, is we're going to talk about the latest research or wisdom on a show topic. I'll bring some great guest speakers on here to support the learning. We'll take callers, share stories, answer questions from uh, people who send me in questions around performance, as well as we'll wrap up every show with a couple gold nuggets, what I call the recipe for success, recipe for success, easy strategies you can take away from each show and start implementing in your daily life. And even though there's a little bit of a plan here, this show is all about you. So please reach out with questions, thoughts on the show, ideas for future content, and you can reach me at thementalgameoflife at gmail.com, or you can connect with me on LinkedIn. I'd love to hear your thoughts and incorporate what you guys are wanting to hear into the show. So let's talk a little bit about the mental side. Some people get a little squirrely about this. Talking about emotions, exploring the mental can sometimes be scary or uncomfortable. But let me tell you what the benefits can be. Let's talk about the benefits of understanding our mental side of our lives. Psychology really is a framework for understanding many things about ourselves and other people. By applying principles of psychology, we actually can enhance our daily experience. So let me give you a couple examples. For instance, like using pre-performance routines or what I call switch routines, you can learn how to get into the zone more effectively so you're mentally prepared for really important meetings, which actually increases the odds of a successful outcome. Using visualization, visualizing successful outcomes can actually really help you for them to actually occur. Increasing your productivity. The one thing the brain hates is being split into multiple sections, multitasking. We can actually use psychology, and psychology will tell us to monotask when we're, when we're working on complex or dangerous tasks. Um, learning about the anatomy of the brain, it's really shocking to understand the limitations that we have, and we actually have a limited amount of energy each day, and we want to use that effectively. Applying other principles can help us to make decisions, manage our stress, improving memory and concentration, and even help with parenting. Simple thing, giving kids choices. Do you want to take a bath or a shower can help eliminate tantrums or or resistant behavior. So we're going to use psychology and using the mental side of our lives to really increase performance. And what's great about this, and I just want to be totally transparent about my own journey here, is that, uh, and I think it's really fun, is that I'm totally new to radio as a platform for sharing knowledge. And uh, so as I'm a, as you're learning key principles from the show to add to your life, I'll be doing the same with this new venue for myself. Because like anything, learning a new skill, a new technology, a new job requires time, knowledge, a little trial and error, feedback, and perhaps even a little failure in order to succeed and master something new. So I'm totally on this journey with you, learning to shift and grow my own thinking and actions to perform at my best as well. So we're really going to jump into talking about failures and successes and which one of those actually create more results for us. How do we do, which one makes us stronger? Which one creates more learning for us? And I was pondering this for quite some time. I wanted to start the show off with something kind of fun, you know, something kind of controversial. Do we have a real answer to this? And um, so I started, the question really started to fascinate me. You know, what is it in my own life have I learned more from? And of course, like any good researcher, I pondered it myself, and I'll share a little bit more about that later. And I also went to Google. (laughs) Isn't that where all great researchers go first these days? And I found a huge amount of articles on with headlines 
with tons of information about whether failures or successes make us stronger, make us learn more, and make us um, think and reflect on our lives. And so we're going to really dig into that after the break. And so I want to also invite people to think about calling in. We're going to have people take callers after not this first break, but the second one, and uh, hear your thoughts on what you think about failures and success and which one of these has really impacted your life, which one have you learned more. So we're going to be able to uh, dig in, not just from the research, because that's where I'm going to dive in first and some personal experience, but we're going to actually be able to hear from you today, which is kind of fun. So I would love to just thank you for joining, and uh, I'm really excited to be on this journey with you, and we will be right back to explore whether we learn more from our failures or our successes. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. Each week, Larry Sternberg joins Dr. Kim Turnage to explore management issues from culture to discipline in Managing to Make a Difference. Join Talent Plus for 60 minutes of dynamic conversation, including real-life management examples helping you manage teams across the globe. This series airs on Voice America, the business channel, Thursdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. Managing to Make a Difference every Thursday afternoon with Larry Sternberg and Dr. Kim Turnage. Tune in to the soul of enterprise, business in the knowledge economy with co-hosts Ron Baker and Ed Kless. Ron and Ed will show you how to recognize that wealth is created by intellectual capital. It's all in the possibilities that we can create and that are created for us. These possibilities are destined to be discovered by human imagination and through the service of others, creating a brighter future for all of us. The Soul of Enterprise is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel and simulcast at the same time on the Voice America Variety Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. This is The Mental Game of Life. To reach Dr. Christy Wanner, send an email to thementalgameoflife at gmail.com. Again, that's thementalgameoflife at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Thank you for joining the show today as we jump into thoughts on failures and successes in our lives. Which one has made us stronger and which one, which one has have we learned more from? So again, I just want to invite people to call in. We'll be taking callers in about 15 minutes, and the phone number is 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. So let's dig into this question. So as I was saying before the break, I really first went to Google, 
and I saw like all of these headlines. I put in failures and successes. I wanted to really see what the practitioner literature, what was people were saying about this. And what I found was this, some headlines. And let me read them to you. Make failure the mother of success. Why you must fail to succeed. Failure is, is success if we learn from it. Don't be afraid to fail as it's success's predecessor. We often learn very little from successes. Failure, however, is often our greatest teacher. People who succeeded by failing. Five reasons why failure is better, a better teacher than success. Failure are the stepping stones to success. That is what builds you to the person you are to be able to handle bigger problems in life. So those are the headlines that I was hearing. And of course, we all know famous people that we admire that have failed in some area of their life, organizations and businesses. And a couple just to throw out there, Albert Einstein did not speak until he was four years old and didn't read until he was seven. And in fact, they thought he was mentally slow, one of the greatest minds to walk the planet. Winston Churchill failed sixth grade. And of course, we've all heard great comments from Michael Jordan. I happen to love this one. I miss more than 9,000 shots in my career. I have lost almost 300 games. On 26 occasions, I've been entrusted to take the winning shot, and I missed. I have failed over and over and over again in my life, and that is why I succeeded. So we hear a lot of messages in our world that failure is our big success. It's totally fine. No problems. We can fail. It's going to lead to some great successes. So it's kind of, it just makes me very curious about how people feel about this. And I, of course, pondered the question over the last couple of weeks. I really had to think hard about which, which of the, my own experiences brought me the most value. And I'm going to share that a little bit later. But I, of course, you know, as any researcher would, I've been polling my colleagues and seeing what they think. And I had an interesting conversation the other day with one of my really good friends. And I totally resonated with what she was sharing in her experience. And I'm, I'm probably, I'm confident that many have had the very similar one, but she was saying that she, she got an email from her boss to set up a meeting, but there was no context provided. Just wants to meet. Dun, dun, dun. And of course she was saying like, my mind went to this place. It went to like, what's wrong? What have I done wrong? What's going on? And it's so interesting how our mind can get pulled to the negative. Like there's got to be something wrong if your boss emails you and wants to talk. And she was saying that she's going back and forth in her mind. She has a really good relationship with her boss. And she's kind of thinking, like, what's going on here? Am I, you know, I'm doing really well at work. Is there some sort of negative feedback? And then she's like, but she wouldn't have invited somebody else if she was going to give that. So it is amazing how we can go towards the negative when there's a possibility of failure or feedback. So we were kind of talking this through, and I totally resonate with what she was saying, because that's happened to me a number of times where my boss sent an email, setting up a meeting, no context, went to the same place. So it is kind of curious, why do we do that? Why do we start worrying and making up stories when we don't actually have all the facts in the first place? My friend brought up a really great point. She said, well, how often does someone make an appointment with you to discuss all the positive things you've been doing lately? And that is so true. Sometimes we can take the past, something's happened in the past, and when we move it to the future, like that absolutely has happened once, it's going to happen all the time. We get conditioned to expect the worst. And we receive messages really early on that it's actually not okay to fail. And it's not okay to get feedback. 
So what's interesting about this is here's a real life story that happened. I think, you know, hopefully some of you can resonate with that. And uh, so on one hand, the media is saying we got all these great stories about how it's okay to fail. And on the other hand, when it happens to us, we instantly go to, it's not really okay to fail. So where do we really learn these things? I mean, we learn them when we're really young. So in this case, my friend was, you know, beginning to tell, or started to tell me the story even further that she met with her boss and it was just a, around a great strategy she had thought of, had nothing to do with feedback, nothing to do with her own performance, had everything to do with this idea that her boss had. So there are mixed messages that we get in society around failure. And uh, I just like to kind of bring that into light. I have to wonder, you know, if we can learn so much from failure, why are we so fearful of it? Why are we so scared of it? And there's a great article written by Dr. Gary Winch and from Psychology Today. And he was talking about the fear of failure. Maybe some of you have heard about it. That, of course, we all hate to fail, but there are some people where it's actually a real huge psychological threat. And in fact, they're motivated to avoid failure at all costs, even if it means they won't succeed. So for instance, they may really love this job, but they won't apply for it. They're going to stay in their comfortable job they have here. Um, or somebody you know, is up for a promotion and they won't, again, they won't ask. They won't put themselves in front there to, to ask to say that they want it. So the fear tends to cause people to unconsciously sabotage their chances of success, which is like the opposite of what they want. And, and they do this in a variety of ways, procrastinating, they miss interviews, they missed important deadlines, they didn't have the conversation, the political conversation they needed to have with their boss or other people in the organization. And some researchers say that the fear of failure is actually a fear of shame. And when we look at shame as an emotion, it's a very toxic emotion. And instead of feeling bad about one particular action, like we're guilty of something or we're upset about a result, which is more regret. Shame tends to attack who we are at the very basic level of us. It's at the core of our ego. It's about of our, our, our identity. So, of course, if you think about that, who wants to feel shame? And if you don't want to feel shame, you're definitely going to avoid taking risks. You don't want to fail. But in that case, I mean, think about that. If you're never taking a risk because you don't want to fail, how much learning can ever take place in that space? Not very much. So the question remains is still, what do we learn more from? Do we learn more from our successes or failures? There's another great article that I came across while I was prepping you know, for the show, and I really wanted to share this with you. This is com coming more from like an organizational perspective, but Dr. Um, Desai, assistant professor at the management um, at the University of Colorado Business School, he did a study looking at you know, what do organizations learn better from, from failures or successes? And he actually found that uh, organizations really didn't gain that much from successes, where knowledge from failure stuck around for years. It became stories. It became the fabric. It became the whispers on the walls. It became the new SOPs, um, uh, standard procedures, so that people wouldn't do that again. So it had a more of a sticking mechanism or stayed alive, if you will, than, it did, than successes did. And so what was interesting about this study was his recommendation at the end that I thought was really kind of powerful. He says he doesn't recommend seeking out failure to learn. Instead, he advised that organizations analyze small failures and near misses to glean really important information rather than waiting for major failures. So when we look at this from an organizational perspective, of course, that makes sense. Organizations should be attuned to the small things that are going wrong in their performance 
whether that be people or processes, so that things don't get out of control and they lose millions of dollars or they get acquired or uh, they go into business. They want to be really attuned to these small things. But if we bring that back to the individual level, couldn't we learn something from that as well? Can we learn something from being attuned, aware of our small failures? You know, for examples, you know, did you have five glasses of wine and two, three bags of chips this week? That may not be great for your performance. It may not also may not be great for if, you know, you're trying to get healthier or to lose weight. So it may not be part of your goals or your performance for the week. But one week is fine, right? So the talks about really being being aware of where we've gone off track, a small failure, and getting back on track. And that in itself doesn't seem so fearful, right? If we have a small failure and we can just easily course correct it with behavior, that seems like something we can do and it's not that fearful. So I love to kind of think about this context of do we have to learn from major failures in our lives? Do we have to let things go that far to have to get that great learning? Or can we start learning from the small things and being really aware of our behaviors and our what we're thinking and everything around us so that we really can be more attuned? So let's talk a little bit about success. We talked about failure. So what does the research say about success? Let's not forget about that. Well, as we all know, it feels pretty good, doesn't it? It also gives us a, a boost in confidence, more than failure does, that's for sure. And people like to be associated with success. They did a quick study um, of college students, and they looked. They gave people like three different um, groups, one that got negative feedback, one that got neutral feedback, and one that got successful feedback. And what they found was that people bonded a lot more in the successful group or the no feedback group than they did when they were in the negative feedback group. So people like to be associated with success. We also know when we look at success, there are gender differences. Several studies have found that males attribute their success to their ability, whereas women are more likely to attribute it to luck, not necessarily their ability. So again, we go back to the learning piece. If you're attributing things to luck, how much learning are you really getting from that? Success tends to really reinforce existing beliefs and inflates the ego. So an interesting study that I want to share with you, and this is actually, you know, again, I saw tons of stuff about how failure is helping us out, but I loved this great uh, article by um, Rafi, Dr. Rafi Sagarin, and he comes from a very interesting perspective. He's a marine biologist, and he comes from this angle, and his article is actually, we learn more from success and failure, and he's coming at it from a very biological perspective. He's saying, actually, if you put failure and success side by side, Failure is the weaker position, without a doubt. He also says that biology has been very successful solving problems for billions of years. And in fact, in the, out in the biological world, in the organisms, that they don't learn from failure. That's called death. That we actually have the humans have this great um, rarity that we can learn from failure and it doesn't equal death. But actually, animals don't have that. So he says, why are we focused so much on failure versus successes, because in the world of biology, successes, it's all about successes. And no matter how successful an organism is, they always have to be vigilant. They always have to be aware of their current conditions. They have to be adapting to ensure that yesterday's successes move into tomorrow's successes. So in fact, we can learn a lot more from our success. He also goes on to say that really how much information do we get from failures. 
we'd have a little failure here. We forgot to set the alarm. We had a typo. That often failures don't have the rich data. Most of them don't have the rich data to really provide a lot of learning. Again, that kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier. Those those crisis moments, absolutely, we can learn a lot from. But do we learn a lot from our everyday small failures? And he would say no. In fact, we learn a lot more from our successes. So I thought that was a very interesting study. And he says that uh, we are actually the product of our ancestors' successes. And really goes into this idea of... Um, that we need to be focused on the positive, not focus on the negative, and also be really focused on what's working. Forget what's not working, because a lot of things that happened in the past, we're not really able to fix. So what's important is that we move forward with the positive. So again, we're going to take a quick break. I'll come back to finish up that study, and we are going to take some callers. So if you want to call into the show and share your thoughts, the number is one 866 472 5790. We'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24 7. Do you realize that the root of your challenges lie within you? It's time to find out more about coaching and how it can help both you and your business. Coaching for Real with Ronald Graves will help you gain a deeper level of self-awareness to find the answers inside yourself. Our guests are business professionals just like you who agree to a coaching session on our radio program. Tune into Coaching for Real live every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. If you are a small business owner or a creative freelancer in pretty much any field, you can't miss Let's Get Radical. Your hosts, Jody Paydar and Liz Gold, will help you redevelop your plans, policies, and practices to take a radical turn in order to achieve new success. They spotlight the latest in technology, attitudes, what others are doing, and what can help you. Tune in every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And let's get radical. Does your organization lack proper leadership? We're not necessarily talking about experience, but about how to face the changing dynamic of leadership today. Sometimes the people we lead know more. Old ways don't work anymore. And the comfort zone just becomes too easy. Listen for Out of the Comfort Zone with Dr. Wanda Wallace. We'll show you how you can adapt and develop your leadership skills to today's workplace. Every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is The Mental Game of Life. To reach Dr. Christy Wanner, send an email to thementalgameoflife at gmail.com. Again, that's thementalgameoflife at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back to the show. Thank you for joining. So right before we went on break, I was talking about this very interesting study that was from the opposite of what I was seeing out there. That really said we learn more from our successes than failures. And so I'm just going to wrap that up. Um, 
uh, the interesting thing that he was talking about is that not only do failures not have a lot of rich data for us to to learn from, but the other thing is, is we can't do a lot about the failures in the past. And he uses this great example about uh, the oil spills. And as much as the organizations and like PB can learn from them and move forward from that failure, it still leaves a devastating result in the past. And so what he's really saying is that let's focus on our successes because focusing on our failures in our life, whether you're in an organization, you're a leader or just in our lives or our families, it actually can create a fear of us sharing um, successful actions. It's like it's not great. It's like bragging if we're going to share something positive. And so he's saying we need to really shift that, whether it's, again, in our families or organizations or even when we think about our own performance, and really leads us to two main things. How can we focus on on the positive and what can we learn is really reporting successes, not letting them just slip by, but actually reporting them and reporting them to yourself, making sure you acknowledge your successes each week, whether that's at work, at home, whatever the case is. And then one step further is celebrating successes. And so he really believes we can learn more from our successes in our lives and what's worked well and move forward with that than we can our failures. So with that said, I've shared a little bit about the research out, out there, and I'm really excited to hear from some callers. And apparently we have a caller on the line, So, um, and I believe it was Stacy. So, Stacy, are you there? I am. Hello. Hi. Welcome Hi. to the show. Thank you. I Great. just wanted to let you know that I am really enjoying it so far, a lot of good information. So, hope to tune in again. Thanks. So, I'm curious. Yeah. So, what, what's your opinion? When you look back at your life, and, and uh, do you think you've learned more from some failures you've had or the successes you've had? Yeah, a couple of the things that you said resonated with me. I, I really think the failures, um, and not, not so much failure, quote unquote, but I do tend to tell people that um, I learned things the hard way. And uh, I, early on in my career, I was doing a lot of training and um I I was spending time enjoying an audience and not really doing the things that I was supposed to do. I was just more involved in just having a good time and letting the group have a good time. And I I got some really hard feedback. And um, really, it stuck with me all of these years. And so I think a couple things. I think that um, I personally learned from the the tougher situations. But I also appreciate people that will take the time to give clear, honest feedback that you can act on. And, you know, as I said, this happened to me early in my career, um, and I'm a little older now, and it's stuck with me for years. So just thought I'd let you know that. Yeah, well, that's great to to, um, to get your opinion on that. So you really feel like not so much the positive things that you've had, which I'm sure you've had a lot of that. It was more the mm-hmm. negative feedback or the course corrections mm-hmm. that really stuck with you to make a to make a change, make a difference. Yeah, the course correction, and it was it was clear, it was direct, it was concise, um, it was given with uh, <laughs> with a lot of conviction, and uh, it was like I said, it was a tough situation because I had to course correct in front of an audience. So I got the feedback at lunchtime and had to pull myself together and turn around and get back, get back up in front of people and change the way I was doing things. So it was tough, but it's, it, it was, it had a really good impact on me and, and 
impacted me positively as I move forward in my career. Yeah, it sounds like it stuck with you. And, and it's something that, you know, like they were saying, like a big change, like a big failure can sometimes be the catapult to new behaviors. It sounds like right. that was the case for you. Right. Absolutely. And I think that not only did I learn how to be better at what I did from it, uh, it helped me in my career to provide feedback to, to others. Um, because, you know, at its core, feedback is, is information. And if people don't have the information, they can't do their best work. So I always try to just keep that in mind, that it's information, but it, um, it's really important to be delivered well and um, directly and uh, objectively and, and that type of thing. Yeah, great points. One thing that really hit me when you were talking there was um, the, the thought of it just being information. So mm-hmm. why are we so scared of it, right? Is right. that basically that scared of the fear of failure? So mm-hmm. h- how have you overcome that? Because it sounds like you really have, like you really embrace this idea of, fee- of feedback. Do you have any thoughts on overcoming the fear of failure or even the fear, fear of negative feedback? Oh, well, um, you know, I think it's challenging for everybody because, as you said earlier, you know, nobody wants to fail. Nobody wants to be seen as not doing a good job, that type of thing. And I think, you know, for me personally, I just keeping in mind that it is information and I try to keep that in mind when I'm delivering um, feedback and I try to keep it in mind when I'm getting feedback. And then the other thing that I do personally is I try to, um, I preempt, quote unquote, getting feedback by asking for feedback. So I try to ask for feedback pretty often. And so I think when you're open and you're asking for feedback, little course corrections can happen really quickly without getting bigger and bigger and more out of control and being more overwhelming. So I ask people for feedback all the time. And, um, and that helps me. Great. Thank you for sharing that. And I think that really matches well with what I was saying. Do we have to get the big one or can we start to do those small things first? Really I, I appreciate- agree. I think the small things can be really helpful. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for calling. You're welcome. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye now. Great. Well, I love the fact that we had a caller. I um, wonder if we have any others. Um, but until that, I really do welcome anyone else that wants to call in. Love to hear your thoughts on which side you fall on. I, uh, in fact, um, oh, I do have one. Okay, great. Well, I'd love to bring another another caller on. Please uh, send her through. It looks like it's Mary. You Mary? Yes, hello. Hi. Hi Welcome to the show. You? I'm Thank wonderful. You. How are you? Very well. I'm really enjoying. Um, I'm really enjoying the show, and um, I thought Stacy's comments were uh, really, really great. I have to agree with her on a lot of levels. So, what do you think? Do you think that if you look back on your life, what have you learned more from, or what has made you a stronger person? Failures or successes? Well, for me, I think it's. Um, what's really interesting is I, I realize that I am energized by the fear of failure. And when I've been successful, it almost felt too easy. So I again and again put myself in positions where there's a risk, where there's a fear of failure. And, and somehow it provides me 
um, some kind of energy. Uh, you know, I'm not a surfer, but I was thinking I was thinking of it like fear of failure, sort of like riding, you know, the edge of a of a wave or staying. You know, it, it just there's this perilousness around it and a risk around it that is just it's just the intensity and it provides focus. So I don't know if maybe I'm, maybe the word fear isn't right. Maybe it's a different emotion entirely, but that's what I associate it with. So I have personally. Um, I'm more driven toward um, learning from 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 um, from failure. When I have when I have failed, when I have not been successful, it has just made me dig in deeper to figure out why and get better. So it's really helped your performance by getting yes. the feedback and then digging yes. in to see how you could elevate it. Yes. Got it. Yes. It also sounds like you're not really talking about fear of failure because you actually are motivated to move towards risk. So it sounds like you love risk. Yeah, a little and bit. You, I think yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I also yeah. but I also heard you say something interesting about, you know, successes are not as motivating for you. It's almost yeah. like you kind of just whiz right by those, but it's more the feedback that you go for yeah. and just keep striving for more. Am I getting that right? Yeah, I think you really are. That's what struck me because when I was really thinking about how I would answer this question, I was realizing, well, I have succeeded in a lot of areas. Uh, for example, uh, you know, as a student, I've gotten straight A's and, and sometimes I just haven't even been able to accept that. It hasn't really, it ha- I haven't really been able to um, value it. Mm-hmm. It seemed too easy. I don't know how else to explain it. And how do you think that impacts your performance? And that could be in academia, it could be at work. This uh, love for risk and um, not not success. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't get me wrong. I I expect to be successful. Ah, so, so there's a yeah. belief that you have about success that you will be successful. It's just how easy mm. you're going to make it for yourself. Yeah, I think that yeah, I think you're onto something there. Yeah. Ah, I got yeah. it. So, how do you think it impacts your performance? Since this is all about uh, performance. Yes. Well, I think it makes me um, always strive to have challenges. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I think that, that probably is, is the case, in a, you know, in a work situation. I always want to be improving. I, I'm never resting on my laurels. Uh-huh. Well, you would get along with um, the biologist who says that same thing, that, you know, athlete, or sorry, animals never rest on their, loyal, their laurels. They're always vigilant, always aware, always... Mm-hmm looking mm-hmm. for the next challenge to move one success to the other. They don't have the luxury of, right. of uh, right. failure because that equals being eaten, So, right. um, <laughs> which we don't want, right? And in today's economy, that's apropos. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, yeah. well, Mary, thank you so much for, for calling in. It was great to, to chat with you. I appreciate your, your thoughts and thinking on this uh, topic. Sure. Thanks for taking my call and great show. Keep it up. Thanks. Great. Well, that was awesome to have two people call in and get their get their thinking. Um, they seem to be falling on camp, uh, a little bit on camp failure. Um, when we get back from break, I'll share my personal story that I thought about as I was thinking through this particular topic. And I think I fall in the other camp. But uh, it's wonderful to have you. Thank you for listening. And we'll be right back um, to wrap up the show with some what I call the recipe for success. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
Effective leadership is what will propel the world, organizations, and businesses through a range of dynamic changes. How do you keep up with these changes, build skills, and lead effectively? Listen for Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf. Maureen offers tools and engaging guests who are leaders in their field. With each week, you'll work on and improve your skills to lead with confidence and drive your organization's success. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you want to hone the right skills to become a CEO or stay there as a competitive strategic leader, Check out CEO Academy with Pam Lassiter. You'll learn the tips to success and hear from the experts who are at the top of their games. You'll make your company stand out from the competition and build your own reputation in the process. Top executives are made, not born. So take charge of your future growth. Listen for CEO Academy with Pam Lassiter. Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 Pacific on Voice America Business. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. This is The Mental Game of Life. To reach Dr. Christy Wanner, send an email to the Mental Game of Life at gmail.com. Again, that's The Mental Game of Life at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Thank you for joining the show. We have a couple more callers. I'm going to lift it, or at least one more caller. We're going to take that, and then we're going to wrap up the show. So I believe that we have Don on the line. Hello. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Thank you for calling in. I am doing great. Great show. Great. So I'm curious, your thoughts on our topic I'm gonna, today. I'm going to be a little difficult. I'm going to ride the fence a little bit. I think it's both. Um, I think... Uh, in society, we, we look at failure oftentimes as, as being so final and definite. So I think, just thinking through my life experiences, I, I've learned a lot uh, through failures. But again, failure to me is only when you stop and you, you give up and you don't learn from it and you, and you don't advance. So you, you learn from that experience as well, but you also learn from success. It's just thinking back from um, my work in higher ed and just sports uh, throughout my life, it's uh, I remember just uh, just use just stick with the sports analogy. Sometimes in sports, you'll run a play and you make a mistake, and then you learn. Your coach will dissect the play, and you learn from that play. But when you get stuck in just constant failure uh, and not learning from it, that can crush an individual. So I think it, it it also is based on the individual. I think that's needed to be added to the conversation. But also when you're in spaces when you have a little success and you're thriving and everything's clicking. I think you learn from that as well. So I think it's a combination of both. I don't think it has to be major successes or failures, but I think you learn. I think for me, if you're constantly striving to, to, to make improvements, uh, I guess my outlook is you really truly don't fail unless you kind of give up. So I think you learn from both. I think you both, I think the individual needs both to, to be successful in this day and age. That's my opinion. That's great. Love your thoughts. And it sounds like, um, 
really it's when people get into a cycle of failure that can cause problems, whether they're not learning and advancing. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes, yes. I think yeah. that could be a, a very dangerous cycle if, again, I, I, the other callers, I agree. I mean, you, you learn a lot. I mean, that has impact. For me, it seems like adversity uh, has, has given me strength to, to learn and, and navigate different spaces, but it's also it's kind of like when you go through those adversities and you're learning from those mistakes and then you have that, that, that moment of success when it's finally clicking, you appreciate those challenges. But if you get to a spot where you, you never win, you don't have that win, you don't have someone pouring into, you don't have that success, I think that can be very dangerous. So I think you need both. I don't think it's one without the other. I think it's you learn from those mistakes, but you need that positive energy. You need that success. You need to understand all that hard work that you're you're pouring into is finally working, and then that motivates you. And then the mental aspect, too, Just if you just think a team sports, you think about, um, uh, you did a quote about Jordan, just think about the kind of the swagger that some of the players had that was on the team with Jordan is because of just kind of the confidence that they exuded. And some of them weren't all great players, but I think that confidence of being around success, they, it, it gleaned on them. So they uh, walked, if you watch them in the old Chicago Bulls games, they walked around like they were Michael Jordan as well because of that success, that confidence you have once you're on a winning team that uh, we can't lose because of that confidence. So it's, it's, it's a, I think it's a double-edged sword. You, you need those failures because Jordan had those failures going through uh, with the Detroit Pistons. We had to get over the hurdle, but then once he got over the hurdle, he took the team with him. So I think it's a combination of both. I love it. I love how you brought that together at the end of the show because ultimately that there it's not one or the other. It really is both. And so... Thank you for for sharing your thoughts. Really appreciate them. Great, great, powerful thinking that you had there. Thanks for being on here. All right. Thank you. Great show. Great. And uh, I love what John was saying because there's a quote here that I have here at the end by John Wooden. It says, failure isn't fatal, but it's failure to change that might be. So as we kind of think through that, I think it really is. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer to this question that we've had today. I do think that there are some people that sit on one fence or the other, or some people sit in the middle. For me personally, I've really thought through what I've been going through lately, and um, I've been trying to release some weight. And I had a lot of beliefs last year around how I couldn't do it because I was traveling, and I, you know, it's just too hard to eat well when you're traveling. So I had a lot of thinking that was going on. Remember, this is all the mental. And all of that thinking caused me to eat, you know, the cannolis and the this and then that. And I, I didn't reach my goal of losing weight. And then this year, I did something different. I got a coach. I got mentally prepared. I knew when I was going to do it. Two months in advance, I got ready for for this cleanse that I was going to do. And I ended up losing um releasing about 13 pounds. And I feel like my success from that is really motivating me to keep moving forward. I realize that all those stories and beliefs that I had were not true. I can eat great on the road. And so for me, when I think through, maybe and more maybe more recently, that I'm really learning from my successes that I can do it, that I can let go of these beliefs that were holding me back, that I can move forward to better performance. Um, so we can really um, move forward. So I wanted to share that I think I'm learning more from my successes and I fall on that camp, but I, I do agree it's both. So just wrap up some points. I mean, think about where you fall. Where have you learned more? On which side of the fence have you learned? And think about what the beliefs are that keep you either stuck there because we don't want to get that that pattern. We always want to keep moving forward. And um, I want to kind of end today by the recipe for success and then we'll wrap up. One is remember that all great men and women who we admire have 
have um, experienced a failure or two in their time. So set realistic expectations. Let go of that feel of failure. And there's two ways that you can really address that fear if that's something that comes up for you. One is really acknowledging it and working through the emotions and, and knowing it's real and it's normal as part of our human experience. The other part is staying focused on what you can control. Also reflect on the beliefs that you do have. Create a counter story. Like Lester had all these stories about how I couldn't eat well on the road. I had to create a counter story. And by doing that for two weeks, I did. I was able to be successful. Reframe your experience. Failure can be whatever you want it to be. Use it as a valuable learning lesson, not as something to get stuck in and get down on. If you do have a mishap, um, it happens, you know. You may have, but the one of the most important things is to be empathetic with yourself. And being empathetic and understanding and forgiveness for yourself actually creates positive chemical reactions in the brain. Again, we have to remember that all of our act, all of our actions in the world come from our thinking. Well, guess what? Part of that is our chemical reactions in the brain. So be empathetic, forgive yourself, because shame, guilt, anger, and disappointment create negative stress and emotions. Whenever you can, you want to get out of that space. So one thing you can do is reframe things, right, into the learning. What can you learn here so you don't repeat that mistake in the past? Put success and failure on the same pedestal. That's one of the other um, suggestions that I have. Debriefing a success is just as important as debriefing a failure. What worked and didn't work? I have an organization that I work with, and they always call it the post the postmortem, which I always think is a funny thing to have after the after you've gone through an event or a show or whatever the case is. But um, ultimately, put both up there. Look at your successes, acknowledge them. What worked, what didn't work, as you would for a failure. And if you do that on a regular basis, they'll become more equal. The last one is to really celebrate successes, both small and large. You know, I think one of the things that Mary was talking about is so how easy it is for us to not even to acknowledge our successes. Um, so really reinforcing the positivity in our lives and positive experiences attract positive people and posit- and more positive experiences. So that's your recipe for success from the show. Um, since failure to some level seems inevitable, I ask the question of what keeps us from living and following our passions and our dream in life. What keeps us from engaging those activities we love that lights us up, that helps us to recharge and keep us balanced emotionally and mentally? Next week, we're going to talk about passion and performance. How can we get more passion in our lives and how does it impact our performance every day? So I want you to be thinking about something. Until then, what small change will you make to increase your mental game in your life? So you think about that. I want to... uh, sign off here in a minute. But first, I want to let you know how you can get a hold of me. If you have thoughts on the show, if you have questions, if you have performance questions, content that you would like to see on uh, over the next 13 weeks, please email me at thementalgameoflife at gmail.com. It has been amazing to be with you. Thank you for all my callers. It's been fun for my first show. And uh, I'm going to love it. And I'm going to be able to um, see everyone next week to be on this journey of the mental game of life. Thank you for tuning into The Mental Game of Life with Dr. Christy Wanner. Please be sure to join us again next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Let's talk next week.
again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. We're making it easier. 